You doing good? That was great. This is your first time here at Grace Center. Welcome. Um, uh, I was reminded, um, we've, we've got a friend of ours. I've told this story before, and so if you've heard it, just li- re-listen to it again. But I feel like that this, it's actually a dream that someone had. I, feels like, I feel like that it actually sets the context for what we're, where we're headed today. Friend of ours, father passed away, and um, some months after he had passed away, she had a dream that her father called her. And uh, so in the dream, she was aware that he had already passed. And yet in the dream, she's thinking, how is this happening? And she was very descriptive in what the room looked like. It was, a, it was, a, it was the house that they, that they grew up in. And they still had the old uh, phone that hung on the wall with the 40, you know, 80 foot cord that you could walk all over there. And so she's on the phone talking to her dad and she's just like, I can't believe this is happening. How is this happening? But yet it's so good to hear your voice that I don't want to do anything that could, you know, that, that, that tension. And at one point she said this, she said, you know, just what's what we, it's what we say when you see somebody, how are you doing? And she said, how are you doing? And he, he didn't answer. And he just kept talking and that bothered her. So she thought, oh, why didn't he answer that my question as how he's how are you doing and and so she thought you know is this something bad is it, are you not really where i think you are or like what 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 is happening and so she said dad uh you didn't answer me when i asked you how are you doing and he said yeah he said it's kind of hard to answer that because where I am, there are no self-referential terms. In other words, we are so caught up with what we're seeing here that there is no time to even consider how we are, how I'm doing. And so this morning or this afternoon, we're going to I want to, this is like part one of a, I don't know how many weeks, but I want to say from the onset, my goal today is to not bring three points in a message and then close it out. What I'd like for us to do is to begin to, uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, set in on beginning to gaze at what this dream was in reference to. And um, the, the, probably the best way to, I know to do that, well, the only way, not the best way, one of the ways to do this is we're gonna take, our, we're gonna take a look at the book of Revelation. So if you, if you have your Bibles, if, you, if it's online, go ahead and open it up. Um, <clears throat> the book of Revelation is so, it's so interesting, it's so confusing, it's so scary. It's so like, I don't know what the toes and the horns and the, I don't know what any of that means. And, um, and yet um, it's profound. It, it, the book of Revelation is profound. So I'm not one of those, I shouldn't say that. The book of Revelation is profound. Okay, let's start there. It's profound. So we're going to get into just a little bit of it. So turn to Revelation 1. We're going to start with the first verse. And this, again, this is just to set the tone as to what we're going to, uh, to be looking at. 
says the revelate verse one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. So says here, this first verse says that the book of Revelation is actually the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is not about getting in, I'm not gonna get into some uh, end time stuff, not in this, not in this message. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's not a book about, you know, the Antichrist, and uh, although it includes stuff like that, but it's not, it's, that's not what this book is about. From the onset, the Holy Spirit, the, God the Father had it in his heart that this book would be the book about revel, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It says, which God gave him. So this wasn't the revelation like back at Mount Sinai when God came down and wrote his finger, wrote the 10 commandments. This is something completely different. This revelation was a revelation that God the Father gave to Jesus. Son, here is a gift that I'm giving you. And it says that God gave him this to show his bondservants or his disciples. Jesus took this to show his friends, the things that must soon take place. And he sent and communicated this revelation by his angel. Like that right there is like, I don't even know how that works. How can the angel communicate an open vision? Because the book of Revelation, it's an open vision. And yet it says that it does. He did. So just to set this whole, what we're going to be looking at, just to set the whole thing in context, in context this is a heavenly book. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, it de- it's dealing with things that are in heaven, things that we can't see. We, see. we see things on earth, but they're affected by the things in heaven. So he communicated it by his, by his angel to his disciple, John. The next reason that I wanted to look at this is verse 3. It says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So this is the only book that references a blessing to those who hear it, to those who read it, and to those who keep it. So just by what we're gonna look at, just there's a blessing that's coming to you. There's a blessing that's coming to me. So, um, so with that, Father, Lord, we, whew, help. Help us, Lord. What Becky said earlier, spirit of wisdom and revelation, as we begin to look at your glorious throne. In Jesus' name, amen. So I had said, I had said earlier that this is a one part of, I don't know, an intro to a, I don't know how many successions uh, weeks I'll be speaking on this. It's almost like you, you get a revelation. It's kind of like a, a, a tissue in a tissue box. You pull it out and it's like, another one pops up. And they, oh, and we're just gonna keep going until this tissue box, either we get another box of tissues or something else. But <clears throat> So if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation 4. We're gonna start with verse one and... So here we go. Let's just, let's just jump. 
After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. So right up before this, John had had an encounter with the risen Lord. And so Jesus was talking to him saying, I'm I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the living one. All of this, he's walking among the lampstands. John is just just sitting there trying to take everything in. And then Jesus gives him uh, seven specific messages to the seven churches. And after that, John is saying, after these things, I looked up. So uh, uh, there was a door standing open. Excuse me, there was a door standing open. He says, he looked up. And behold, a door standing open in heaven. Oh, there it is. The first voice which I heard said, come up here and I'll show you things which much take, take place. The, the reason I've got the word behold is because it's sudden. It's like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that. It's like, whoa, behold, a door. And this isn't, just, this isn't just any door. This is a heavenly door. I have no idea what that looks like, but I don't think I had the vocabulary to embellish it enough. So this is a heavenly door that was open. John sees, goes, whoa, a door standing open. And this voice says, come up here and I'll show you things that will take place after this. Following along, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, oh, a throne. A throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Now, the reason I have got these highlighted is because in this chapter, the bulk of this chapter is about this, this throne. I used to think that the chapter was about the four living creatures. No, it's about the throne. And so John is mesmerized with this throne. He, everything that he talks about that we're going to read, he's reading, it's like he's looking at something and he's going back to the throne. He sees these things over here and he goes back to the throne. Everything, his entire focus is on the throne. Verse three. And he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance. So it was this Different commentators have tried to uh, to describe this. Some say it looks like a crystal, a crystal, uh, and a sardius is red. And they were they were you know as, as you would as you would turn a gemstone. That's what God was was looking like. And they are saying that that the um, the crystal and the sardius actually have to do with his attributes. Okay, we're going to keep reading. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. So John sees this one that's sitting there that's sparkling, almost like a human diamond, so to speak, with, with ruby red. I'm just trying to use that so we can kind of get this, this one who just keeps emanating and he's sitting on this throne and then he notices around the throne, there is a rainbow, an emerald rainbow. Now, some people say that it could be a vertical rainbow or it could be a horizontal rainbow. If it's a, if it's a horizontal rainbow, then that's a halo. And, and, and the color of this rainbow, it's not the seven different colors. It's green in color. Everything that God does has, an, uh, he's, uh, he's, it has a meaning. 
And so the, what, what we find is, is that the color green has to do with grace. The color green represents grace. So you've got this rainbow over the throne, over this one who is sparkling diamonds and rubies. And there's this rainbow over the throne that speaks of grace and mercy. And the rainbow is actually a sign of hope. Oh, and peace. So all of these symbols here, what we have in place on earth actually symbolizes what's actually in heaven around the throne. And John is so drawn to like, ah, but there's this throne and he keeps going, but there's this one that sits on the throne and there is a rainbow and it's around the throne. And he's going, behold, a throne. Let me read this. One of the commentators says, the green bow indicates the effect of the person's rule manifested in these attributes. It is his rule and dominion as exercised that shine like a bow of grace. Green is also the color of hope and the rainbow a symbol of peace. We may thus say that here are presented the holy, glorious majesty and the righteousness and the judgment over the universe of the one on the eternal throne, his dominion carrying grace and peace with all their blessings for all in his kingdom of which his throne is the center. In other words, everything that proceeds from this throne that goes out into the universe, into the world, into your heart, every directive that comes out of his mouth first passes through that rainbow of mercy and grace. Everything that he does is, is, is covered, if you would, in mercy and grace. So when we read, uh, uh, or, and peace, when we read in the epistles, grace and peace be to you. That what? Now, let me tell you, the things that I'm talking about right now, you're not going to be able to get with your head. Don't try to grab it with your head. Just allow it to hit your spirit. I don't even have it in my head. But just allow, because what I'm talking about is a living thing, a, a, a living understanding is what I'm talking about right now. So it could be a halo. So everything that God does, listen to this, is predicated it's predicated. Everything that he does, go see Jeff Dollar. And it goes right through grace and mercy and peace to come to me. Everything that he does. Don't, I don't want to get into this right now, but this is going to, I won't say it. Everything that he does, even the things that we don't understand, passes right through grace and mercy and peace. It doesn't return back to him unless it comes back through grace and mercy and peace. Continue reading. Verse four. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And these thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. So around this throne, there are 24 other thrones. We don't know if they're in the same size or dimension. We don't know anything about it. But there's 24 
thrones around this throne, around the one who is seated, who looks like a diamond and ruby. And then he's got this halo or, or this rainbow over him. And John is still taking it in. Wow, this is amazing. You know what? There are 24 thrones around this throne. The halo is so, it's good around that throne. The one who's sit, sit, sitting is seated on that throne. And everything he's saying is getting pulled back to this throne. Verse five. And from the throne proceed lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So if you're gonna read the book of Revelation, you have to slow down. I'm telling you, you could take one verse, I'm dead serious with this, take one verse and meditate on it. I'm still stuck on the, the second verse that we read, the one seated on the throne. I just, just forgot what it said. <laughs> anyway, I don't wanna go back to my slideshow. I'm still stuck on that one. I'm still going, uh, oh, wow. Can you read it to me, somebody? Because I don't know, just what I had a mental block. 4-2, what's 4-2 say, PJ? Yeah, that's it. So I, I'm, I'm stuck with the throne and someone sitting on it. Like I could sit there. When you begin, to, when you pray, use this language. Right now, I'm praying to you who is seated on a throne. This glorious throne. Just use your language. Use your it feels like an elementary thimble full worth of, uh, worth of revelation. Just begin to talk. Yeah. You who's seated, I can't see you, but I believe it. I believe that you're seated on the, I'm addressing you. I'm address, I'm, I'm under this rainbow of, of grace and mercy right now. Begin to use your word, begin to speak to him, like to address him there. And from the throne, from this throne, proceed lightnings. And thunders, this is, I can't even imagine. I don't like thunderstorms because they scare me, but it's just, there's a constant thunderstorm that's happening, proceeding out from underneath this, this throne. John is so wrapped up, he can't, about this throne. Yes, there's the one seated on it and I'm not taking anything away from it, but I'm, I'm headed somewhere about this throne. He, he, he yes, there, there's, uh, there's, um, uh, uh, 24 elders that are around this throne. There's a, there's a halo that's around this throne. He's still, everything's being riveted back to the throne. There's something profound about the throne that we're gonna look at. And in front of the throne are seven lamps of fire that are burning. What number is that? There are seven lamps of fire that are burning. So I like to imagine, like, wonder what that looks like. You think it's like a little... No, I, I think this is like... Roar. These seven lamps roaring. The seven spirits of God. John, still... Seven, there's seven lamps around this throne. There's lightnings coming from this throne. Everything he's saying is being pulled back to this throne. It's like a bungee. He's back to the throne. He's back to the throne. He's back to the throne. He comes up for air. He looks around again. 
Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. So he's looking out, he's looking at the throne, looks up again, oh, there's a sea of glass like crystal around the throne. He's pulled back into the throne again. And in the midst of the throne, I don't know what this means, and around the throne were four living creatures. So he's like, he's looking, this throne, woo, woo, woo. There's a sea of glass, woo, around the throne. There's lightnings and thunderings, woo, under the throne. There's seven, there's seven torches that are blazing around the throne. And then he says, there's four living creatures with eyes in front and in back. That's pretty scary. In my mind, that's borderline hideous. But there's four living creatures with eyes front and back. People have said, front, the ones that can see the future, and then they can also see into the past. These four living creatures are around the throne. The first creature was like a lion. The second creature, uh, second living creature, like a calf. The third creature had the face of a man, like a man. The fourth creature was flying like an eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night saying, holy, 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 the Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come. All of this activity is happening around the throne. You've got the blaze of torches. The thunder. Lightning. And then you've got these four creatures around the throne going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. And they're encircling the throne. Whenever the living creatures, verse nine, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, then the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns, where? Before the throne. Saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Big statement, for by your will, they exist and were created. For by your will, they exist and they were created. This one who sits on this throne, this is the epicenter of the entire 
universe, of the entire spirit realm, invisible, visible realm. Everything is connected back to this throne. The foundation of this throne is righteousness and justice. We're going to look at that next week. Everything. He's saying everything that exists. You created all things. I was created by God. I am here because of his will. You are here because of his will. You exist, I exist because of his will. He created. Everything, all of my being comes back to this one that sits on this throne. Everything that was created, all of the people that you love were created and they exist because of his will. All of the people that you don't love were created and exist according to his will. Everything that was created all comes from the one who sits on this throne. That means the amoeba, the earthworm, the leaf cutter ants, the gnats, the grasshoppers, the butterflies, the birds, the gazelle, the bighorn sheep, the buffalo, the giraffe, the cocker spaniel, the bobcat, the house cat, the lion, the leopard, the ostrich, the elephant, the sea creatures, the coral reefs, the porpoises, the angelfish, the whale, the electric eel, the seahorse, the trees, the plants, all vegetation, the apple tree, the orange, papaya, corn, okra, okra, squash, everything has been created by him. Man, woman, the highest, from the highest archangel all the way down to the lowliest earthworm, he has created it all. The one who sits on this throne. We're still riveted to the throne. We haven't even, we're not even going to be able to open up and unpack the throne this week. I'm just trying to get us to look at John was not simply up there reporting stuff. He was encountering, encountering the living God, but more, and not more importantly, but for the sake of of emphasis, and he's also riveted to the throne. Something about the throne, the throne, from the throne, everything happens from the throne. Turn to 1 Kings 22. I wanna show you one, one clip. It's not a clip, I'm gonna read it, but. 1 Kings 22. 19, this is um, Ahab 
and another king, I forget the guys. Anyway, they were trying to hear from, from the prophets as to whether or not they were going to be successful in, in war. And so Ahab did not like this one prophet named Micaiah. And so Micaiah, uh, uh, Ahab asked him, are we going to win the war? And Micaiah said, yeah, sure. That's what the prophets are saying. And so he's really sarcastic. And, and, and Ahab said, tell me the truth. Look at what he says. Verse 19. The Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. The Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? The plans, the strategies on the earth are happening here. So the Lord's sitting there going, it's time for Ahab to go. I need some help, is what he's saying. Not really, he doesn't need help. Who will go? There were many suggestions and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. The spirit said, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, says the Lord. Go ahead and do it. The reason that I bring this up, I want us to see the significance of this throne. Everything that is happening, happening or gonna happen in your life is coming. The directives, the, the overseeing is coming from this throne. You can't hide can't hide. I'm not, this is not, I'm just saying, and remember, this throne has a rainbow over it. Everything that he sees, everything that he does, everything that he initiates, your destiny, your destiny has gone through the filter of grace and mercy before it lands to you. I told you from the onset, I wasn't gonna be able to tie this one up in a bow. And I'm not because I wanna go somewhere next week as we start to look, as we continue to look at the throne, but we're going, we're going somewhere with this. And eventually we're gonna see, it's gonna point back to the majesty of Jesus. We're gonna see how Jesus ties directly in to this throne. All right, you good? Good, all right, Matt.